Praise God. Um, could we all stand, please, to read Isaiah 50? The Lord has given me this tongue of the learned, that I should know how to speak a word in season to who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear the learned. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I am not rebellious, nor did I turn away. Good evening to everybody and welcome. I'd like to say thank you for the pastor who's given me the opportunity to share with you today. And um, thank you to the choir. Every time I speak, they confirm my word. (laughs) We serve an awesome, awesome God. So today I want to share with you giving, prayer, and fasting. Um... I hope and pray by the end of this we'll have a deeper revelation of giving in accordance to the Word of God and prayer in accordance to His principles and fasting. I know we all know this, so we're just reminding ourselves about it. Okay? Um, <coughs> the first scripture that I'd like to share with you is Matthew 6, 1-4. to Take heed that you do not do your charitable deeds before men to be seen by them. Otherwise, you have no reward from your Father in heaven. Therefore, when you do a charitable deed, do not sound a trumpet before you as the hypocrites do. Should I change the microphone? Turn you. I'll just go to the beginning. Therefore, when you do a charitable deed, do not sound a trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets that they may have glory from men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But when you do a charitable deed, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. That your charitable deed may be in secret, and your father who sees in secret will himself reward you openly. Amen. So, um, giving—it doesn't—it could be different forms of giving. It could be money. It could be help, company, friendship, loving. Um, when we do these things, we do not do them unto man. We do it unto God, our heavenly Father. And once we learn that principle, nobody would ever question, did so-and-so say thank you? We all do that? We shouldn't. (laughs) You give unto man. No, sorry, you give unto God, not man. If they say thank you, if they remember to say thank you, that's still nice to acknowledge, but you should never be offended because somebody didn't say thank you. It's good manners to say thank you, but... It's no reason to get offended. Um, When I go on to giving, I wanted to talk about the donut story. I don't know whether you've heard about it. J. John. Um, It's so funny, but I'm going to try and keep it short. So 
J. John, he's um, an evangelist in the UK, and he, the first time I went to one of his conferences is the first time I heard the donut story. He talked about a gentleman in the airport, ready to catch his flight, and he rushed to the donut store and got a small bag of donuts, and he put it, he was looking for somewhere to sit, but there was nowhere, but there was a chair at a desk with another gentleman sat there. So he gets to the table, he puts his, his coat, his bags down, he sits down, he gets his coffee, and he opens the bag of donuts and takes out a donut and eats it. And while he's eating it, the gentleman across him stretches his hand over, opens the bag, smiles, and you can imagine the face of the gentleman, yeah? And he takes out a donut, he eats it, and then he sips his coffee, This gentleman is thinking, what did he do? Donut thief. He he stole my donut. Then he's thinking to himself, maybe there's a mental problem here. If I if I say anything, he might just I might just it might turn into something else. But he's fuming, he's furious. How dare he? So in the midst of that, he sips his coffee and then he takes a donut out of the bag. And then, as soon as he, after the gentleman took it, he pushed the bag close to his coffee. And then this gentleman stretches his hand, opens the bag, takes out another donut. And he can't believe it. Two donuts? Oh, he is fuming, furious. So, this other gentleman is, he looks at his time, his flight is almost, it's ready to, you know, check in. So, he gets his bags. He stretches his hand, opens the bag, and there's one donut left. And then he breaks it into half. He smiles. He eats it. He puts the other half in there. He wraps it up. He pushes it to his side, and he smiles, and he's on his way. This gentleman is furious. He's thinking, I can't even eat half the donut. All his germs are there. Who does this? So he looks at his his watch. It's time to go. He gets his coat. He gets his bags, and... As he's picking up his bags, his bag of donuts is on his luggage. All this time, he was the donut thief. This gentleman was sharing his donuts, right? And the moral of the story is, God owns all the donuts. Every month, he gives us ten donuts, right? All he wants you to do is take one donut to where you worship. And you've got nine donuts left. But you're thinking, damn, I need 11 donuts. So I'm giving God one donut. I've got nine donuts left. But when you do that, somehow, God stretches the nine donuts to 12 donuts. 13 donuts. And all you're left with is the surplus. And as time goes on, you can give God one donut. You can give... To anybody in need, one or two donuts. And you, you don't even need the rest of the donuts. You can take two other donuts and invest them. The parable about the talents, right? When we have, when God blesses us, we're not supposed to just, we need to learn how to generate more income from what he gives us, right? And then you have all these donuts, but at the end of the day, all the donuts belong to God. So who's the donut thief? I'm not saying... Okay, so that's the donut story. I want to take you to, um, in Malachi 3, 8, 3, 8 to 10, 
um, the word of God says, this is the only part in the Bible I hear God say, test me and see if I will not open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing more than you can even, what's the word? Contain. Thank you. So he's asking you to test him and see that God is good. He can stretch those nine donuts and they become 12 donuts. And um, a friend of mine, the pastor in her church, she's in London. He was teaching about tithing. It's funny, Pastor Roy mentioned it. And he was so bold. He told them in the congregation, if you tithe every Sunday for six months and pray and do what I teach you in regard to finances and your money doesn't multiply and you're still in luck, come see me and I'll give you back your money. I haven't followed up yet to see what happened, but the day he said it, I was like, oh, okay. But do you see how a man of God can stand on the word of God when he's experienced God and tell you, you come get your money if it doesn't work, and he's doing it for you, not for him? So there's something there. There's a lot to know about that. Um, In Matthew 6, God Jesus goes on to tell his disciples, you cannot serve God and mammon. You know, behind money in the spiritual realm, there's a spirit, mammon. The medieval writers used to call it um, the devil of covetousness. Don't think it's a coincidence that when you don't tithe or give or trust God with your money, you know your money has to have a spiritual connection somewhere. It's either in God's hands or the devourer's hands. If you don't do that, and the dev- because he does tell us in Malachi, he will rebuke the devourer. There's, it's not just a coincidence you spend money on things you don't need. It's not a coincidence that you have nine donuts. No, you have ten donuts. You keep the ten donuts, but at the end of the month, you don't even have nine donuts to use. You have five donuts. We need to learn how to trust God with our money. Let somebody be over and in charge, overhead of your money, and choose God. If you don't choose God, you still have made a choice to who you're entrusting your money to. So giving, as I said, is not just about the money. It's loving, it's sharing, it's caring for the sick. Jesus said we'll always have them around us, and they'll always be with us. It's reaching out to people, volunteering, doing stuff, loving on people. So giving is a bit of everything. And also in Daniel, you know they talk about the book of remembrance. When he says you shouldn't, your left hand should not know what your right hand is doing. Every good deed we do is written in the books. There are books in heaven. I think we've all seen them. There's the book of life. There's the book of remembrance. Everything is written down. Even in the day-to-day here, we have a system, the court system, they have a file for you, IRS has a file for you, every, you know, so this stuff is written down, and one day, you'll stand before your maker, and he will say to you, my good and faithful servant. So, um, I think we have done the giving part. And now I'd like us to go to the prayer section. 
And for the prayer, I have Matthew 6, 5 to 15. It says, when you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and the corners of the streets, that they may be seen by men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But when you pray, go into your room, and when you shut your door, pray to your Father who is in the secret place, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. And when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think that if they will be heard for their many words, therefore do not be like them, for your Father knows the things you have need of before you ask him. In this manner, therefore, pray. I'm just going to pause right there. And... um, could we please have Luke 11, 1 to 4? It's the same. It's going to come to the same place. Um, Jesus' Jesus's disciples asked him how to pray, and that's why I'm starting with this. It says, Now when it came to pass, as he was praying in a certain place, when he seized that one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us as John taught his disciples. So he said to them, When you pray, say, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us day by day our daily bread. And forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who is indebted to us. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. So, We're going to break down the Lord's Prayer together. The first part of the Lord's Prayer is adoration. In adoration, he says, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Um, In Malachi 3.16, A book of remembrance, it says, So a book of remembrance was written for those who fear the Lord and who meditate on his name. They shall be mine. I will make them my jewels. I will spare them. When I saw this scripture, I smiled. It's been there in the Bible, but I hadn't seen it. But um, it just emphasizes those who remember the Lord's name and meditate on his name. Your names will be written in the book of remembrance. Um, I have taken time to get together the names of the Lord in Hebrew and a couple of languages. And I'm just going to go through them with you. And I pray as I read each of them, may he be that to you and may he bless you. We have him in adoration. That's where we're at. Elohim. I hope I pronounce it right. The creator of heaven and earth. The God of might and strength. Hallowed be thy name. We have him down as El Shaddai. The God of mighty of blessings. The God, of, the God almighty of blessings. He is all bountiful 
and all-sufficient. Hallowed be thy name. We have him down as Adonai, my Lord and Master, the completely self-existing one, always present, revealed in Jesus. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. We have him as Jehovah Jiri, the one who sees our needs and provides for them. Hallowed be thy name. Jehovah Rapha, our healer, who makes bitter experiences sweet. You sent your word and healed all our diseases. Hallowed be thy name. You go on to forgive all our iniquities and heal our diseases. Hallowed be thy name. Jehovah Makadesh, the Lord, our sanctifier. You have set us apart for yourself. Hallowed be thy name. Jehovah Nisi, our victory, our banner. Your standard over us. And your banner is love. When the enemy shall come in like a flood, you lift up a standard against him. Jehovah Shalom, our peace, which transcends all understanding, which garrisons Mount God over our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. We have him down as Jehovah Tiskenu, our righteousness, who became sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Jehovah Rohi, our shepherd, we shall not want for anything. Hallowed be thy name. Jehovah Shama, who will never leave us nor forsake us. He's always there. The Lord, our helper, he will not, we, will not be, we will not fear or be terrified. In Psalms 139, David said, um, Where can I hide from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? Even if I ascend to the heavens, you are there. If I go in the depth, you are there. He goes on to say, um, if I mount on the wings of the dawn and settle at the far side of the sea, your hand still guides me. Your right hand holds me fast. Light and darkness are alike to God. You can't flee from his presence. He's always with us. He's with us here. He's with you all the time. He will never leave us, nor forsake us. And we have him as El Elohim, the Most High God, who is the first cause of everything, the possessor of the heavens and the earth. And El Elohim is the highest sovereign of heavens. God is sovereign. That's who he is. And we say, hallowed be thy name. That's just worshipping his name. I went an extra mile, that's me. I got him in different languages. If you know the language, excuse my accent. In Greek, he's called Theos. In uh, Malawi, they call him Mulungi. In Nigeria, he is Adenewaye. And that means the one who creates us and places us on the planet and earth. 
And in Yoruba, they go on to say, Ashe Dawuru, creator of the heavenly beings. Um, in Spanish, he's Dios. In French, he's Dieu. God, la creator. I like that. He's the creator. In Ghana, he's Nyame. And the Ghanaians in Twi go on to give him these beautiful names. They have something in common with the Hebrew language. We have him down as Nyame Akese, God is great. Nyame Adum, God's grace. Nyame Anu Nyam, God's glory. Nyame Yeoheni, God is king. Nyame Tumi, God's power. Odum Mankum, eternal God of Tumonyame, all-powerful God. Then we have him in Wales. The, the Welsh call him Du. The Irish call him Dear. In Shona language, he's called Mwari, Tenzi, Ishe. They have all these names for him. In Vietnamese, he's called Chochai. And in Uganda, where I come from, oh my goodness, I'll make it quick. He's called Katonda the creator of all things. Then we have him down as as in nothing is impossible with him. He's the God of the impossible. And in Swahili, he's called Mungo. So all these names in different languages are just worshipping our maker. Remember to have your names, extra stuff in the book of remembrance. Let's prepare to store our treasures in heaven. So we go to the next part of our Lord's Prayer, which is, Thy kingdom come, and that's under divine intervention. He teaches us how to pray and call on his kingdom to come. And the next part is submission. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And then the next part of it is provision. Give us day by day our daily bread. He gives you enough that you need for the day, you know. He meets you right there. Forgiveness. He asks us to forgive us. We say forgive us for our sins as we forgive those who trespass against us. And the next part of the Lord's Prayer is guidance and deliverance. We go on to say do not lead us into temptation but deliver us from the evil one. Um, at this part, I wanted to talk about what um, Jesus was talking to his disciples. He said, from the days of John, that was in Matthew eleven twelve. He said, of the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, and the violent shall take it by force. So, when we ask for his guidance and deliverance, we know that he's our deliverer. Because there's more to so much going on in the spiritual realm. But we keep our eyes on our God, who is more than able to do immeasurably more than we could ever hope for or imagine. And the last part of our Lord's Prayer is praise. For yours is the kingdom. The power and the glory are yours, Lord, forever and ever. Amen. So that's our Lord's Prayer. I'm sure every time you say it now, you're going to say it and it's going to have a new meaning altogether. You already know the meaning, but we're just going to have that extra. And I think that's a beautiful thing.
believe we have finished prayer and we're now going on to fasting. So for fasting, I'm going to read Matthew 6, 16 to 17. Moreover, when you fast, do not be like the hypocrites with sad continents, for they disfigure their faces, that they may appear to them to be fasting. Assuredly, I say to you, they will have their reward. But when you fast, anoint your, anoint your head and wash your face. He didn't say if you fast. He said when. And we'll go on to see. I think let me do this in order. So before you fast, um, we know this, but we're just going to go through it together again. Um, you need to prepare yourself for the fast mentally. Um, if you have health um, concerns, physically and medically. Above all, it's a time to be humble before God. And because the word says when you fast, we don't just fast when the pastor calls a fast for the church. It's nice to have some time for you as a family to fast and just wait on God. Fasting is time you spend with God. You humble yourself before him and he lifts you up. It's for your spirit. It's spiritual food. Just the way we eat physically in the fast, it's a spiritual, um, it's spiritual growth. Your spirit gets stronger and stronger in the Lord. It learns how to command your flesh. Because sometimes there's a war, a battle going on. Your flesh says, we want to sleep. Your spirit says, we want to pray. And if your spirit is weaker than your flesh, we're going to fall asleep. We're going to have dreams. God speaks to us. In, um, there's a book in the Bible that says, God speaks to man once and twice in their dreams, but you cannot perceive what he's telling you. He speaks to us in our dreams. And you know you had a dream, and he's talked to you, but your spirit is so weak. It's, it tries to communicate to your flesh and your mind in the morning. He said this, but you're thinking, I can't remember my dream. I had a dream, but I can't remember what happened. But when your spirit is stronger and you're feeding it with the word of God, some fasting in there, you can wake up and write down what you've had in the dream. And you can go over your dreams again. Because we have dreams for reasons. Some dreams, well, dreams come from God. Some dreams come from the enemy. And some dreams are what we meditate on, what we feed our mind day to day. But it's such a shame if God is communicating to us or warning us in our dreams and we can't remember our dreams. And you keep saying, God's not talking. But he probably is. I'm not saying if you don't remember your dreams, it's, you're not listening. But I'm just saying it's good to strengthen our spiritual being. In Daniel, in Daniel 10... Um, it tells us that don't, when Daniel started fasting, the angel, this is, it's, it's after he's appeared. I just got this 
particular verse to explain something. The angel appears to Daniel and says, Do not fear, Daniel, for the first day that you set your heart and to understand and humble yourself before your God, your words were heard, and I have come because of your words. So Daniel prepared his heart for the fast. And before he even started the fast, his words were heard. Do you see how important it is? To prepare yourself in your heart and humble yourself before the fast. You just don't dive into the fast. Like sometimes, okay, the pastor will call a fast and you've forgotten about it. Say, oh yeah, you started today, you just jump on board. Take a minute and prepare yourself. And humble yourself before God. Um, In Uganda, like some people, they don't even tell anybody they're fasting. You know, it's, they just say, I'm spending time with God. That's code <laughs> for their fasting. You know, it's, it's something so, it's something private between them and God. So fasting, um, it's powerful. And why I say it's powerful, there's a scripture I had, I think it's Mark 1, 1 to 29, when Jesus' disciples tried to um, cast out um, a demon from a, a, a a lad and they asked him okay they didn't they were not able to but then they asked Jesus the the father asked Jesus to I think you know what I'm I won't just say it let's just read it it will make sense well they asked Jesus why they couldn't cast out the devil and Jesus told them this one only goes out with prayer and fasting so there's some things in our lives There's some spiritual battles we have that only and will only go away with prayer and fasting. He's given us the keys to the kingdom. But our Father in heaven, He loves us so much. He's given us all the tools. He's given us all we need. And He wants us to learn how to use the power He has given us. I don't know. Have any of you watched Chosen? Isn't it amazing? Do you see how Jesus commands these things out of people? He doesn't even wait or flicker. It's just, it's just you're thinking, wow. There's a part where um, they went to a camp. Oh, it's a spoiler alert. I'm sorry. I won't go there. But it's, it's in the Bible. But it's just the way he just says, out. And he told us that we will do greater works than he has done. He's given us the keys to the kingdom. So we need to learn how to use what he has given us and stand our ground. He tells us, the word tells us to resist the devil and he will flee. Um, He will keep trying. Just like you see a thief in a car park, he'll just try every door of every car. You might get lucky. But you need to learn to say, get behind me, Satan. May the Lord rebuke you. Don't waste too much time fighting with it. We're not created to fight with the devil. We have the power in the name of Jesus to command every spiritual being to go in its place. And um, I've gone ahead of myself, but We can go back. Could we have Daniel 10?
Then he said, Do not fear, Daniel, for for the first day that you set your heart to understand and to humble yourself before God, your words were heard, and I have come because of your words. So we need to prepare ourselves before we fast, mentally, physically, and spiritually. Um, Isaiah 58, 6 to 12 The word gives us guidance on how to fast here. It says, Is this not the first that I have chosen to lose the bonds of the wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, to let the oppressed go free? And that you break every yoke. Is it not to share your bread with the hungry and that you bring to your house the poor who are cast out when you see the naked that you cover him and not hide yourself from your own flesh? Then, then your light shall break forth like the morning. Your healing shall spring forth speedily and... Your righteousness shall go before you, and the glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. Then you will call, and the Lord will answer. You shall cry, and he will say, Here I am. If you take away the yoke from, my, from your midst, the pointing of the finger, the speaking wicked, and speaking wickedness, if you extend your soul to the hungry and satisfy the afflicted soul, Then your light shall dawn in the darkness, and your darkness shall be as noonday. The Lord will guide you continually, and satisfy your soul in drought, and strengthen your bones, and you shall be like a watered garden, and like a spring of water, whose waters do not fail. Those from among you shall build the old waste places, and you shall rise up, the foundations of many generations, and you shall be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of the streets to dwell in. So when you're fasting, okay, you're going to skip a meal. Wouldn't it be nice to just treat somebody to something? They don't really have to have a need. It's a good gesture. You could feed the need, you know, the hungry if they need it, but... Do something as well. This is a spiritual connection with what you're doing. Your blessing, your fasting, it's a sacrifice. So let's not just some fast if you don't do it right. It's like a starvation. Just You're just starving yourself for a day. But we don't fast to make God do anything. The fast, you know, like some people are taught. I don't know where, I'm not going to go into that. But a fast doesn't change. Um, it doesn't, you don't pull the strings. You humble yourself before God. Look at David. When his child, the baby was sick, he went into a fast. He prayed and fasted. But the baby still died. But from that fast, he got the strength in his spirit to go and have a shower, get dressed, get ready, comfort his wife. And they had Solomon. 
Do you see the power in what he was doing that took him through what he was going through? So what I'm saying is, fasting is good for us. And Jesus said, when you fast, so he knew there's going to be tough times. He goes on to tell us, in this world, you'll have trouble and tribulation. But take heart, I have overcome the world. So we need to remember these things even as we go through things. Life, we sometimes confuse our seasons in life with our life. You call the season your life and it's just a season you're going through. Solomon in Ecclesiastes talks about these different seasons. But we go through different things at different times. And we sometimes say life sucks. Life doesn't suck. The season sucks. But it's not going to last forever. And if you learn what's behind, if there's something to learn, the season will pass and you remain standing. So let's encourage ourselves in the Lord, even as we deal with day to day. Um, I wanted to talk about fear, discouragement, and intimidation. These are spirits. And they start with your emotions. You need to catch them. Even as they start and rebuke. And speak to yourself and say, God has not given me a spirit of fear. Of love, joy, peace and sound mind. Because we need to learn that there's a war going on in the spiritual realm. It's not about you. And as long as we're here. We are going to have to deal with life every day. The different seasons, not the life. Life is good. The seasons can suck sometimes. But we get through them with the word of God. He's given us everything we need. And if there's very tough things going on, you can invoke your, your prayer and fasting. And when you fast, spend time in the word of God. Don't fast. You're not eating, but you're watching telly the whole day. Or you're doing work. You, the only time you remember to pray is when before you eat after the fast. Fill your spirit with all this stuff. And I don't know how to say this, but we all go through tough times that are difficult. But you don't know what everybody else is going through. And God will not give you more than you can carry. And he's already given us a warning. He's told us we'll have these troubles. They will be there, but we have to know how to and learn how to use everything he's given us. Um, if you've read Pastor Goodluck's book, he was talking about, um, I believe we've all read it. There's a part he was talking about the dream when something would come and oppress him in his sleep. And he kept asking God, why is this happening? And the Lord showed him, he said, it's a tiny demon laughing at you. And you have what you need to, to rebuke it. So that's when he, the time he took control and he cast it out and it never came back again. But then, isn't it troubling when you're thinking, Lord, you're in control of everything, but why is this happening? He wants you to use what he has given you. He created us in his image. And 
God is spirit. We have that spiritual part of us. It's so interesting. Today I listened to a lady teaching about the Holy Spirit. She said that God is with us whether you're born again or not. The Holy Spirit is still with us. The only difference is when you're born again, your spiritual ears and eyes can hear the Holy Spirit and you can hear from God. But if you're not born again, that's why you have people say, I was going to get into the car, but something told me. They call the Holy Spirit something. Something just said, don't go. And as I was waiting, there was an accident ahead of me. So he's always with us. He loves us. And as much as he loves you, he loves everybody else. So don't you want everybody to share and partake in the kingdom of God? Share your Jesus with everybody. Do your part and share. Don't stop talking. It's a very, um, so many people are going through so many different things. But um, there's always an opportunity. And right now, the way we are in life, people are more receptive to hear about the word of God. You know, so let's learn to share that with each and everybody we meet. Um... I wanted to talk about sacrifice in the spiritual realm. And this is not in the scriptures I gave, but I'm just going to read it out. In 2 Kings 3 to 27, when the king of Moab was fighting the Israelites, there was a battle. So the king of Moab saw that the battle was too fierce for him. He took his eldest son who would have reigned in his place and offered him as a burning sacrifice upon the wall. And there was great indignation against Israel. Israel backed off. This wicked king knew the principles of the spiritual realm. When you fast, it's a spiritual sacrifice. But he also went and did the wicked part of it. But do you see how we get to know that the, the enemy knows, he knows every word in the Bible. So he uses all of this against us. But if we learn to understand the power we have in Christ, the sacrifices we make, even when you're giving, when you're blessing people, when you're tithing, you can never outgive God. That's not possible. It is not possible. So let's learn to understand that we are physical, we are flesh and blood, but we are spirit inside of us. You know, God knit us together in our mother's womb. Before we were, he knew about us. But your spirit needs to grow. Some, you know, you could be 20 years old and your spirit is five years old. Or you could just not be hearing anything. So the more we read the word of God, we feed our spirits. The more we fellowship we feed our spirits when we fast we feed our spirits and when we pray we strengthen our inner being so that's all i have for the fasting and i'm just going to check my notes and see i've shared everything i wanted to share with you I'll just talk again about the kingdom of God quickly. When Matthew, in Matthew 11:12, where the Lord said, 
from the days of John the Baptist, you will, until now, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence and the violence shall take it by force. I wanted to talk quickly about Jacob and Joshua. Jacob's name meant trickster. But by the time God changed his name to Israel, after he wrestled with God, he wrestled his fears out with God. Um, He gave him Israel, which means... I had it down somewhere. Where are you? The one who wrestled with God, triumphant with God. So what I wanted to point and add into this quickly is don't let fear drive you. Some things we're going to have to fight to get back from the enemy. When a thief comes and yaks your bag, you don't just say, can I have it back? You grab it back. So you can do this. We don't have to physically do it, but you can do it on your knees. And he said, when we pray our Lord's Prayer, he will deliver us and he will save us and he will provide for us. So I hope it has made sense to everybody what I shared with you today. And my prayer is, may the good Lord bless you indeed and keep you. May he cause his face to smile upon you all and give you his peace that surpasses all understanding. May we learn how to say our Lord's Prayer every day. Because that's everything we need is in the prayer. He knows what we need before we even ask him. So if you'll let me, I'll say a quick prayer as we close. If there's anybody who has not given their life to God, and you want to make him your Lord and Savior today, if you're watching us, if you're here, I'd like you to say this prayer in your heart. Heavenly Father, as I come before you today, I ask you, Lord, to please forgive all my sins and wash me in your blood and cleanse me. Please write my name in the book of life because today I give my life to you. I believe in my heart that you are God. I confess with my mouth that you are Lord. Come into my heart I make you my Lord and my Savior. May, the God, may God bless you indeed. Find a church, read the Bible, get to know the Lord. And Father, I lift each and everybody listening to my voice to you today. King of kings, we worship you, Lord. You are the great I am. You are the Alpha and Omega. You are the beginning and the end. You are the first and you are the last. You are sovereign. You are the most high God. We worship you, Lord, in spirit and in truth. We bless your name, King of Kings. I ask you, Lord, to bless each and every one as they travel back home. We travel mercy. Reach out and stretch your hand to everybody listening who needs a touch from you, Lord. May lives be changed, all for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.